Hey guys, welcome to Scouting Giants. I'm Steve Fishkin, joined by Jake Malik, and uh, today we're going to talk about uh, you know the Dallas Giants game. We're going to recap that game. Uh, we're going to talk about the Giants versus Dallas on Sunday, what we saw, but we're going to give you our analysis on it. And there's a number of things we're going to talk about. We're going to look at how the Giants offense performed against the Dallas defense. We're going to look at how the Dallas offense performed against the Giants defense. We're going to talk about how did Daniel Jones play, and for the New York Giants, what has improved and what hasn't. We're going to talk about that next right here on Scouting Giants. And again, welcome to Scouting Giants. I'm Steve Fishkin, joined by Jake Malik. And Jake, um, we talked last week. We said, hey, maybe maybe we'll be in a good mood this week. I'm in a good mood, but I feel like I shouldn't be. How 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 are you feeling? How are you feeling? You know, we're gonna dive into the specifics. But let's talk about let's talk about Jake Malik, the fan. Forget the analyst. The, how's the fan? How's the fan doing right now? Good and bad. As a fan, I was ecstatic to see actually points on the board more than like 10 or 15. That was beautiful. I mean, ecstatic. It was nice to see a pick six. I loved seeing that. But seeing us lose in heartbreaking fashion absolutely tore me inside. I was heartbroken to watch that because everything was going so well. We had such a good chance to win. And then the fan inside of me, just, just a little bit of sadness when, when they left those two big players on that last drive to ultimately give up the game. And Oh, I was I was so excited thinking, oh, we're gonna get our first win. And then the Giants do what they usually seem to do, which is somehow manage to lose the game, even though they had every chance that they should have won. So the fan of me is conflicted because I'm excited to see the offense and I'm excited to see that they showed some signs of life on that end of the ball. But the other side of me is annoyed with how the defense played because they were what felt like non existent and of course losing in such a such a fashion is is never uh, never fun. That always hurts. Yeah, um, you know the the fan in me is saying, Jake, and thank you for sharing that. But the fan in me is saying, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. A few more weeks of eating these Tide Pods, and soon I'll be able to stop. Because <laughs> talked about that last time. That's that's going to become a habit if if this losing doesn't stop. But ultimately, um, they're they're. 
Um, you know, we looked at some tape last week from Brian Baldinger, and you know, the moral of the story on the tape is Giants are real close, but there's just some issues with execution. I think the thing that hurt the most this week, like it has every week, with the exception, I think, of maybe just the San Francisco game. Don't quote me on that, but I want to say like every game so far, it's come down, it's come down to a few plays. It really has. Yeah, uh this, this 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 game no different. I think the San Francisco one is the only one where like, yeah, totally outclassed all game, didn't didn't even it wasn't even close. Um but this game, like other games, it comes down to just there's just been it's crazy how many times things have not bounced in our favor. Yes, I was happy that um, you know, we were our kicker was so good able to make all those field goals, but ultimately we had two touchdowns that were taken off the board and that that would have been that would have been the difference. So, you know that one. You know that one for me as a fan is tough there. But uh, let's let's dive in. Let's dive into it. Let's talk about um, you know what did we see with the Giants' offense uh, versus the Dallas defense. We won't dive too much into Daniel Jones because we are going to just talk about him on an individual basis shortly. Um, but you know let's let's start out with the offensive line here going against you know their their defensive line. Uh, and to me, I, I think it was the tale of the running game versus the passing game, because um, as you know, in, ter in terms of our ability, you know, if you looked at man on man coverage, um, double teams working in unison, um, you know, our run game was actually effective in a lot of ways. Um, this was in terms of our ability to run the ball. Uh, we said last week that the second half. Uh, the second half last week, um, the game against the Rams, we started to get it going. Now we can really see that, okay, it is possible, you know, for us to have a run game. But, it, you know, we – I feel we did a pretty good job in the trenches running the ball, but we just absolutely got destroyed on on almost almost any passing down. Just another game where Daniel Jones, you know, is, is running for his life. And I think we were hoping that – you know, being able to run the ball, it would keep their their defense off balance. But no, when he went back to pass, he was still getting he was still getting chased out of the pocket every single time. Yeah, you know, it was nice to see that the the run game got going. I, you know, again, the fan in me did this uh, a couple times during the game. I uh, I actually sat, you know, watching the game, and I actually said out loud, "Oh my god, a positive run for more than like one or two yards." I was ecstatic. It was it was really awesome it was great it was it was exciting actually because it felt like there were signs of life in terms of the run game which i feel like we have not seen at all even with saquon barkley we haven't really seen all the season even when he was healthy i don't think we really got to see much of that um and devon freeman do what he was able to do on the ground for a decent amount of the game was really exciting as a fan it, it it, it made you feel good inside. It made you feel better about this team. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head. The, the offensive line was great on those, those you know, on those running plays. They, you know, made holes. They really got lanes for Devontae Freeman, and he obviously took advantage of them, like I just said. But on the passing downs, it felt like Jones was, you know, snapping the ball, and all of a sudden there's already two or three guys in his face. And, you know, you, you talk about keeping the defense on their toes, and it yes, it, it worked to an extent that the offense played well and they scored points. And, and you know, a guy like Darius Slayton, who I will touch on in just a moment, had a great game. Oh, um, and, and so, and 
And so in that aspect, it did keep them on their toes enough to allow us to score points and get the offense going. But as you said, absolutely. In terms of keeping them on their toes as, as a, you know, in terms of what to rush with that, you know, that front three, front four, maybe front five, depending on their, uh, you know, on the package that they have, um, it wasn't able to keep them on their toes. That was the one thing that we could keep you know keep them from you know sniffing out because it felt like every run play no matter what they did the Giants could get the block and get it going but as soon as they switched over to a passing play uh, whether it was a uh, play action or just a uh, you know a shotgun uh, set and whatever the formation may have been or the type of play uh, if it was intended to be a passing play it felt like Jones was either with hands in his face or on the ground almost every play um the other thing I just wanted to touch on again, talking about the Giants' offense that I just mentioned, Darius Slayton was just—he was really exciting to watch. Again, as a fan, as an analyst, as as everything, it was really great to see him have a game like he did. Eight receptions on eleven targets for, I believe, 127 yards, no touchdowns, but still a wonderful week. And you know, just. As a fan of not just the Giants, but as the NFL, as an NFL fan in of itself, you want to see guys succeed. And a guy like Darius Slayton, especially after a game, you know, after a game like this, you really want to, you want to hope that this is not just a a a, a, a flash in the pan, so to speak. You want to hope that it is something that will be continued, something to continue to see as as he plays more and more you really hope that he he's going to take this one good game and try and build on that and that's what you really hope to see yeah i i think you know Dar- darius layton you know he, here's the thing he, do, he doesn't have number one wide receiver size i'll let you know a bit about the sound he doesn't have he doesn't have number one wide receiver size and i think that they they still need that guy um you know if you look at you know maybe you know I don't know if it's a really a comparison, but I think if you look at a guy like Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, he's such a good he's such a good number two. He would be a number one on a lot of teams. But I still do think we do need that true number one, um, and you know to keep Slayton really as a complimentary wide receiver. Um, but you know a complimentary wide receiver that has number one wide receiver skill set. Um, but you know when I you know when I look at this again, this 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 is. Night, night and day difference between their ability to pass block, um, you know, and, and run block. I think when you when you look at the, when you look at the Dallas defense, um, we talked last week on tape. Um, Jalen Smith, you know, wasn't playing his best football. I think part of that is the scheme that they're playing there. There there isn't an adaptation period to you know players players getting used to a new scheme. I think with Mike Nolan's scheme, you know. That's a scheme that it takes a little bit of time for guys to get on the same page with it. And, you know, we, we were seeing it there. But Jalen Smith was absolutely tremendous. That was probably the best game uh, that he's had all season long. Um, the Dallas the Dallas secondary, um, still I think that's an, that's an issue for them. But uh, ultimately, Giants were able – the Giants – were able to get the ball going on the ground, just couldn't do it in the air. And, um, you know, we'll talk more about that um, in a bit. So we're going to talk n- now about uh, the Dallas offense versus versus the Giants defense. How's it going, Jake? Back with us? Yeah, I don't Tech issues. Got to love it, right? Yeah. You still have that little um, – not sure what to call it. It's um weird sound. I don't know. Yeah, it's like um, like a um, robot sound a little bit. <laughs> 
How's it now? Any better? Keep talking. I'm going to keep talking. Is it any better? I heard it a little bit there, not as much. All right, we'll, 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 we'll see how we'll see how it goes when you're when you're back. But um, Dallas offense versus versus the Giants defense. So you know what are what are your initial thoughts, um, Jake, uh, in terms of in terms of how the Giants matched up against Dallas's offense? It was not what I hoped would happen. Um, I had higher expectations. I understood this offense was really high powered, and I knew that going in. Um, but we talked about how strong this defense was, at least on that defensive front. Uh, and I was hoping to get more pressure, especially um, with what is now a depleted uh, Cowboys offensive line. And they really didn't get the pressure, I hope. They believe they had two sacks, and that was it. And I, Not to say that two sacks is not good, but at the same time, I felt like they could have done better. Um, and then my, 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 my worst nightmares came to fruition, which were that our secondary would not be able to hold up um, and stop this, what is this three-headed monster uh, in Dallas between Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. And Gallup was not entirely relevant uh, until that last drive. I believe he had like 50 yards in the last two plays. Um, CeeDee Lamb absolutely torched us, which was painful to watch. And as for Amari Cooper, he wasn't really as much of a, a threat as I hoped. But the problem was... They eliminated him, but they only eliminated Mario Cooper. They didn't. They couldn't get rid of Ceedee Lamb, and even though Michael Gallup wasn't a huge factor, he was still a factor enough to help. Obviously, Ceedee Lamb have a good day on top of his own skills, and I think that's the problem you run into is the secondary is not what it needs to be to compete with a team like you know the the Dallas Cowboys in that offense. And you saw it on full display. You saw time after time they get torched especially that last drive, that was killer. Was uh, You give up two huge plays back-to-back. -back. You know, it, it's just – it's not what you needed to have done. And it kills me. Um, to, you know, I, I want to talk about, you know, the whole team. You have the offense show up, right? And now this week you can't get the defense to show up. And that that really hurt because if you get them to both show up, you have a win. But that's what this team needs to do because, you know, obviously now I just said the offense showed up, but the defense doesn't show up. And that secondary is – it's not improving and, and something's got to be fixed over there because that is going to continue to be – if this offense continues to play the way it's playing, the secondary will inevitably be our Achilles heel and will be the reason we cannot win games. Yeah. Um, you know – I, I, I agree with that, and it, it just seems like whenever we play Dallas, it's always destined to be a close game. It's like we've switched coaches. There's different. There's new players on our team. There's new players in that team, but every single game with them, you know, seems seems to be relatively close over the years. I don't know what it is, but looking looking at the Giants' defense, there, um, you know, the one thing that was certainly missing from this game was was the pass rush. Uh, and the pass rush, you know, coming from the outside, you know, that uh, I know Lorenzo Carter wasn't available, but um, I think this game clearly shows that, yes, Kyle Fackrell, um, situational pass rusher, he, he has been making plays every single game. He's he's do, he's doing a good job. James Bradbury did a good job shutting down Amari Cooper for, for you know, when he was covering him. But uh, I think what really hurt us uh, in this, you know, in this game is that 
Um, number one, uh, I think, you know, in terms of terms of in the trenches, uh, we are still getting the Giants defensive line was still getting beat, you know, on a number of uh, number of running plays. You know, Zeke had his way. The holes were there as well. Um, it was a combination of Zeke just being Zeke and the holes were also were also there for were also there for him as well. Um, you didn't see you didn't see Blake Martinez um, flying around the field or, you know, you know, making the impact that he that he usually did. So he was, you know. If you if you if you looked at previous tape of the last few weeks, Blake Martinez has been playing better than Jalen Smith, but I think Jalen Smith certainly was the, was the bigger factor here. You didn't see Blake doing as much, and again, really outside of James Bradbury, um, they don't have a whole lot of help. Yes, Jabril Pepper Jabril Peppers um, ha- did a really good job in run support at, at a number of different times during the game. You know that was great, but. Um, we still have some missing pieces there, and I think um, the biggest thing, the two biggest things are, you know, we have good pass rushers. We just don't have any great pass rushers, and ultimately, um, we need we need some we need another cornerback, and that has to be an area that they have to look at, you know, in the in the upcoming draft. Yeah, absolutely. That look, this this defensive line is not amazing, but at least. I feel though they're not the real weak point. They they can get the job done even if they're not at their best. They're the they strongest. They're the best part of that defense right now. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm not saying that they're outstanding or 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 amazing, but they are good enough to get the job done week in week out. If that was my starting defensive line, I would not I would not sit here and say it needs to necessarily be improved immediately. I'm not saying never because I do agree. I think if you add one really great pass rusher on that team, that line will be. You know, all the better because you know you kind of see a defensive line. You look at, you know, uh, the Rams is a good example, right? You got Aaron Donald. People double team him. It opens up lanes for other guys. That's kind of what the, the Giants need to do. Um, but you, you hit the nail on the head, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, that secondary, specifically the cornerback, it's, you got to change it. You got to fix something. Something has got to be done because unless something is done to give you know, Bradbury, somebody back there with him to 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 be his his wingman, so to speak, his right hand man. It's never going to matter because Bradbury could be Stephon Gilmore for all I care. It doesn't matter because he can't play multiple receivers at one time. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of things I do like about about Logan Ryan. He's he, the dude. The dude is a terrific tackler. He's he's actually really good, really good in run support. But I think. Um, they, they need they need they need someone else that's going to complement what Bradbury does. And to be honest, um, really, w- really, what would make most sense if Bradbury was was he if Bradbury was their number two corner? And I only say that because of Bradbury's size. You do want length at the cornerback position nowadays. So that's why I'm saying I don't know if it's in the draft or a free agency, but um, you know, a nice long arm corner who follows the guy's number one wide receiver, just like Bradbury can right now. Um, you know, would be would be helpful there, but they they need they need someone else there. Um, so we're gonna switch topics here, talk a little bit a little bit about Daniel Jones and his play. Um, and I'll and I'll and I'll say it like this, and it's interesting. It's like I can't I can't go on Giants um, Facebook groups anymore because I literally I'm gonna kill someone one of these days because it it it, it baffles me how people are saying Jones was the complete problem yesterday and and like they're like like the reason we lost that game was jones and you're seeing so many articles out there jones couldn't deliver like like 
okay, so there's a there's a problem. There's a problem trusting anyone on the internet in terms of scouting when they don't scout in any context, which mean which means that if there if there's a left tackle playing with a broken leg, I'm an idiot if I just said that left tackle can't kick slide very well. I mean, <laughs> like like you you have to have context when you speak or you're just a fool. So so with that, you know, Daniel Jones another game Third game in a row, no, no pat, no pat, no passing touchdowns. But I'll say this: for the things that we criticize Daniel Jones for, the Giants are making it very impossible for him not to have these as habits. I'll give you an example. Well, Daniel Jones has a two or three step drop, and then he drops back more. Well, that's because on ninety percent of the other plays, they're driving him out of the pocket. What do you think? What do you think his habits are going to be when they start doing that? And that's the stuff. That 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 drive that drives me crazy, um, you know the the staring down one receiver. Um, I don't think he did it as much yesterday. I did see that one thing I liked is that he did a lot more pre-snap yesterday. I haven't seen him call it the mic too much, you know, before yesterday. But you could see, I could could see he was getting he was getting more you know more comfortable in that offense. There were a number of throws that he made on the run where I'm like, wow. That's why we drafted him in the first round because I can tell you a lot of other starters, oh, they 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 couldn't make that throw. Like there were some throws, I'm like, wow, I didn't even know, I didn't even know he could make that throw. That was really really impressive. Um, but you know, then again, you know, had had the issue with the ball security. There are, there are a couple forced balls, but people also have to realize that when you're not getting separation, you know, you have to start forcing the ball. I and mean, what else are you going to do? But um, I think is there is there room for improvement for him? Uh, yes, you know, did he did he miss on some balls? Yeah, yeah, he did. But let's scout in context and let's just talk about how he did considering the facts. And what are the facts? The facts are that he's played in I think this might have been his 20th, 20th NFL start, and he was running running for his life uh all game. Uh I think um there are there are some things that Daniel Jones does that doesn't help him inside the pocket that will almost make it like the rush will feel like it, it looks like it's coming sooner, but um, we can we can go we can go back to Eli Manning. You know, did Eli Manning not know how to move around the pocket? I mean, it's the same thing happening again. It's just that in terms of a pass protecting offensive line, this is eight seasons now. This is the eighth straight season that we can't pass protect, and that's and th and this is the exact reason why eight seasons ago was the last time the Giants. Um, or no, no, it wasn't eight seasons ago, but you know, eight seasons ago, eight, yeah, eight seasons ago was the last time we were pass protecting. So, how did Daniel Jones play? I think all things considered, all things considered, not just not just saying he was the QB of the week, no one was as good as him. I'm not saying that, but all all things considered, I think he did okay. I think he I think he did more than okay because um, there were a lot of throws that he made that I'm like. Those were really difficult throws to make, and you got to look at you got to look at the card, the hand that the guy was dealt. That's all. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people are going to be hard on him, but I was actually kind of happy. Uh, not a sentence I anticipated saying this week, but I was really happy with actually the way he played. Was he perfect? Of course not. I mean, we just said you, always room to improve. He's young. There's no way to expect him to be perfect yet, and no quarterback's ever actually perfect. But there were a lot of a little, a couple of little things I noticed that really stood out to me and actually made me really happy to see. The first thing was 
I did not see Daniel Jones just heaving the ball downfield and just throwing a hope and a prayer that somebody catches it. He didn't throw any picks. So and that, that you know that kind of goes hand in hand. I saw a lot of plays where he threw it out of bounds, and that was smart. That was to me. That's what an NFL quarterback should have the wherewithal. And, and that, to some fans are idiots because we have some fans are saying that was an inaccurate pass. No, no it was intentional. He's throwing it in a place where it can't get intercepted. And I love to see that. I really loved seeing that because for me, did I want him to throw it out of bounds? Of course not. Of course I want him to make the completed pass. But he saw, okay, I have no passes I can make. I can't run right now. I don't for what you know, wherever the situation was, he saw I can't do anything. Let me get rid of the ball. And for me, that is the smart play. I don't care if you go three and out because you do that. I would much rather the three and out because he makes the smart play like that as opposed to throwing a hope and a prayer down the field and probably getting picked off. That was a little thing that he may have done that a lot of fans don't appreciate, but was really huge because that that's that's a good habit to get into, actually. That's a great habit to have, which is reading the defense, seeing no open receivers, knowing, you know, having the wherewithal to know I can't run. So my only real play is get out of bounds. That's smart. And the other thing that he did that kind of goes hand in hand with that, he had a couple situations where he was gonna get sacked, probably. He had nowhere to throw. You know, he didn't have a check down guy that he could reach anymore. And instead, again, of even trying to throw out of bounds, which he might not reach, he just threw it towards the ground, towards the receivers, towards someone's feet that they consider a receiver at that point, just to, just to call the play dead. And again, it's really small, but it's really smart of him. That's something that he's going to continue to learn, and I really was happy to see because for me, that says I'm understanding my situation. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more situational awareness now. And that is one of the most important things uh, as he developed that he needs to have. And being able to say, okay, I'm in a situation. I'm about to get sacked. I need to get rid of this ball. And I need to get rid of it safely, but you know, in a smart and efficient way. And that's what he did. And a lot of fans will complain about that, but I was happy to see that. He had some very good throws. He was better than we've seen him in past weeks. Is there room to improve? Yes. But this was probably one of his best games all season in terms of his situational awareness, and, you know, making smarter plays as opposed to the only play that was that he he saw available. Yep, agreed, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, so we're gonna finish off here. Just talk about really for the Giants, um, and I and I guess when we're talking about a timeline, um, we could talk about maybe like. Three weeks ago until now, I think that's fair. So, if I had to talk about, you know, what I think has improved, the run blocking has improved. That's that. That to me is the biggest yep. improvement I have seen. I've seen on the entire team, and and with the run blocking improving, uh, the run game itself, you know, has improved. I think on offense, uh, that's that's the biggest thing. Biggest thing we're seeing. Um, uh, in term in terms of terms of the defense. Um, Believe it or not, our secondary is still our as secondary as bad as it is. It was worse a few weeks ago when we had Corey Ballantyne there, um, you know, as our as our second corner. I feel that was our lowest point. Like in other words, I know we we didn't play as well this week, but we were playing some pretty good receivers. But I think if we look at last week, you know, I mean, the week before, yeah, there was 
some so there's there's some some improvement there um you know f- and then i guess we can talk about what hasn't improved but you know what do you what do you think has improved are you kind of on the same boat there or maybe something else yeah i i really would have to agree with that i i think the only other thing that i can talk about especially from this week is daniel jones and his situational awareness i'm not saying it's perfect but especially this week he's shown he showed me signs of being better and uh, along with the run game and the run blocking, I 100% agree. Um, that's the only other thing that really stood out to me. Again, especially this week, just the little things I just talked about of you know understanding the situation. To me, that's those are signs of improvement that that make me feel better about Daniel Jones. Uh, you know his ability to really emerge as a a a talented a more talented quarterback than we've seen. Uh, you know, for me, if he continues to do what he did this week. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, a top ten uh, quarterback. Excuse me, um, by the end of the season, but I do think he will be an improved quarterback from what we saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, so what hasn't improved? The pass blocking has still not improved for the for really the most part. I. I I keep looking every week and, and hoping to see something better. And it, it feels like a flash in the pan every week. There are moments where you think, whoa, look at this blocking. It, it, it's, it's beautiful. But they're not getting it all together yet. And that is the concern is they, they, they haven't gotten to that point. Now, having said that, here is where I'm hopeful and I'm being optimistic in their, their run blocking is improved means they're starting to work together better just in general. And so while, yes, it hasn't improved yet, I really hope and I I, I truly feel that maybe in three, four weeks' time, we're going to come back and say that, that the pass blocking has gotten better because if they continue to build on what they did this week, which was improving that run blocking, if they do what they did this week in the run and they continue to work together and they do that in the passing game, they could improve. However, at the moment, they have not done that yet. Yeah, and and it is harder to get on the playing offensive line. I can say it's it's definitely harder to get on the the same page. Um, and offensive linemen don't like to pass block nearly as much as they like, you know, like to run block. And it's just and it's for it's for it's for a variety of different reasons. But um, you know, if I'm going to talk about, I guess I do want to talk about something that's just on my mind really quick. Um, I was really optimistic uh, watching Andrew Thomas. You know, the first first game or two. And, um, you know, I haven't, I guess I haven't feel like I've seen the progression uh, th- that I wanted to see. Now, I did a scouting report on Andrew Thomas. I think he has a very high floor, uh, which which essentially means that there's no chance that he's going to end up being a backup, in my opinion. Um, but, um, you know, definitely I do think that, and, and do you feel this way, you know, kind of we're hoping for Andrew Thomas to really lock down the left side from a pass blocking standpoint more, especially after what we saw in week one. Yeah. I mean, he's still a rookie and a lot of people I know are probably out for his head right now because he's made mistakes, but a lot of people are forgetting that he is a rookie, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree. What was that? I said, he's not Eric flowers. Don't worry guys. That is, that's honestly what you have to look at though. And I, I hate to put it like that, but I really agree with what you just said. Because Eric Flowers was a complete nightmare, Andrew Thomas is already, you know, leaps and bounds better than him, and he's a rookie that's played, 
in just a few games now. He's only played in five games. So I, I see him being better as he continues to play, of course. He'll continue to get more comfortable. I, I get that feeling. And I, I, one day he will be a, a star at his position. I, I know that's not a particularly uh, exciting position to be a star at, but he will be a star at his position if he continues to do what he can do, which is just you know, use his, his, his pure athletic abilities that he clearly possesses. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing is right now he's – you know, guys that are really good at converting speed to power, um, those type of guys are the guys that he seems to be having, you know, having having the most difficulty with. Guys that are just good at straight bull rush, that seems to be, you know, where where it is. But, um, you know, when I want to talk about what what hasn't improved, um, it, it's, the, it's the pass blocking. It hasn't improved. Not even, you know, not even a little bit. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think our – now our, our pass rush, it's really hard to like talk about the pass rush because it's kind of a little different each week. And I think it's based on, you know, how, how they're deploying guys. You know, when you can sneak Kyle Fackrell in there when they're not going to see him becoming, um, you know, Lorenzo Carter obviously, you know, didn't play, but every now and then he gets his, but we, you know, we don't really have, we don't, um, and, and Marcus Golden is a good pass rusher, but again, I think uh, one thing that would help the Giants tremendously would be, um, and also, you know, would, would help their DBs as well, you know, because trust me, you know, it's a lot easier to cover a guy when, when he's, when the quarterback is, is you know, is, is you know, under, under duress. So I think we still got to look at getting one of these other premium pass rush or something they've been talking about for years, but that's kind of where I leave it now. So we are going to actually leave it all right here, and we're going to be back with you guys on Wednesday night, and we're going to be previewing the upcoming game against the Washington football team, and uh, hopefully hopefully we can get our first win then. And I got to say, I feel good about this one. Much I, better than I felt about any other one because I'm like – I do too. Because I'm like, we're, we're getting close. <laughs> let's do it against – let's get even closer and beat a bad team. So Maybe it'll good. be the week we finally unlock everything at once. Just get it all together. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right, guys. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Uh, same time, uh, 10 Eastern time. This is also available on podcast form. Uh, this is scouting giants for Steve Fishkin and Jake Malik. We will see you guys live here Wednesday at 10 Eastern time, seven Pacific time. Have a good evening. <laughs>